Welcome everybody to the greatest MMA podcast on Franken Culture. That's right. It's another edition of Get the KO. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. As always, I have Julie Jubaka. Say what up. What up, y'all? And then, of course, he's finally joined us after his sickness and finally getting his health back and, you know, other weird things. Anthony Lou Lujan. Anthony, say what up. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, though? So today, we have two special guests with us that are going to help us break down UFC 143, which just happened on Saturday. Uh, first up, um, from our local high school, me and Anthony's local high school, he's been a friend of ours for a long time. You guys have heard him here before. Give it up for Slick Rick. Yo, what up, guys? It's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's good Hope to everyone's having a great day. It's good to have you back on, a, on, a, on Get the KL, as always. And... Secondly, our other special guest, um, I don't even know how to put this. He's uh, the lightweight champ over in the state of Florida in the amateur ranks. Give it up for Justin Ghost Starks. What up, what up? I'm glad to be here. Yo, it's awesome having you back on. It's kind of fun now. We have, like, we have a full crew today, you know, five people on. We're all going to be talking about uh, our opinions on all different fights. So first, let's actually let's get this, this first thing knocked out of the way. How was your guys' experience with ESPN Plus for the first time? Justin, give me give me a give me a rundown. Uh, so I did like the free one week trial. That was great. Um canceled my membership already, so there's that. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, wasn't really a big fan of having Stephen A uh host the, the fights. It was kinda awkward. You could tell he didn't really know what was going on. But um as far as like the actual platform, I don't know, it just maybe it might have to grow on me a little bit. Right, right. Rick, did you uh, did you get a chance to play around with uh, ESPN Plus yet? I did, man. I did. You know, like the yeah, the one week free trial was pretty cool. I haven't really gone through and messed around with all the features and everything, but it looks to me like uh, from what I've seen so far, like uh, the UFC is just kind of trying to collect a quick paycheck here. But what can you do, man? Yeah, Stephen A. Man, the guy can't even figure football out, man. What's he doing in MMA? <laughs> <laughs> Julie, how'd you feel about it? <laughs> Um, I have to agree with them. The The whole uh, week trial thing was cool. Um, I want to see when they have a full tech team to handle all the difficulties because, at least on my end, I had problems as far as apps streaming it, like just refusing to do it at all as far as my Xbox and um, my Roku. I tried to do it in different places. So once they figure out that stuff, I'll probably have a better opinion of it. Um, but th- that part kind of soured my taste. A good first night showing for UFC. And wouldn't be shocked if Dana was pissed as hell about it. Yeah, you know, I heard a lot of customers complain about, like, how they were having difficulties logging in and the stream was freezing. Anthony, did you yeah. have that kind of issue? I actually, the only issue that we had was one time it took a few seconds to load. Other than that, once we got logged in, it took a few to get logged in and updated after that, it's it it ran smooth, um, and I've been I've been playing with uh, the uh, part of that from from ESPN Plus because I'm bored without a job right now until 
come Thursday. Um, so I got to watch it like a lot of this stuff. They have like a top 10 knockout, top 10 submission, top 10 greatest uh, upsets of all time. It's pretty nifty. I'm not going to lie that I actually do like it a lot. That's cool. See, so now we kind of have different views of everything. I'm glad that Stark's already canceled his membership so he can't experience all that. <laughs> There's no going back now. <laughs> it's never going to happen, man. That four ninety nine is not worth it. <laughs> it's so, and you know what, though? Sometimes it's like the most satisfying feeling in the world when you look at it you're like, I'm going to get this for a free week. And like at that sixth day, you're like, bye-bye, bitch. Like sometimes that's the most satisfying unsubscribe in the world. You're like, fuck. Look, man, I'm just a brother trying to save a dollar. That's all. Right? Hey, shit. Nowadays, everybody's broke. Get oh, that free shit. That's how I, I do it. You, I don't know if you guys that noticed that, but the federal that government's still closed. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's do this, right? So let's jump into uh, UFC Fight Night uh, 143. Um, overall, I like to think that this card was actually pretty decent, and I felt, felt like you got your money's worth for it, because especially with the first three fights, right? Uh, let's talk about uh, Chance Rencatur. Versus a Kyle Stewart. So, uh, chances from Grand Island, uh, Nebraska. That was a big shout outs for me, Ricky, and as well as Anthony, because we all just like rep- We like our guys who represent from Nebraska, and we just we tend to cheer for those guys pretty heavy. Um, and then we have Kyle Stewart, uh, former military. So that also kind of relates to myself, Anthony, and then Starks, right? So we have a veteran in the ring, and then we have a guy from Nebraska. So we kind of have like. I don't know. I, I, I like just for, like watching fights. Hey, I like breaking down. Yeah. I like breaking down real shit. I'm sorry, Julie, that you don't like. You can't dig into deep stories like that and can't relate to any of I us want on to. that level. I wish I could. Maybe, maybe they craft or something, and I can, I can relate to them on that. That's that's what hope. Hopefully, they have that. I so here's here's my favorite thing about this fight, right? <laughs> Here's my favorite thing about this fight. So we started this fight off. This was the first fight on the UFC ESPN Plus card. Both these guys get into the octagon. They make their announcements. They touch gloves. They get to the corners. The fight starts, and the first thing we have is uh, Kyle Stewart kicking uh, kick a chance right in the dick. Just immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, that's going to set the tone for ESPN Plus now. The dick kickers. <laughs> All right. I kept seeing on Twitter people putting that gif of the dick kick with Rochambeau, and it, I was dying. I was fucking dying. I think that's the proper way to start any fight. I mean, a slip <laughs> kick will soften any man up. It, and it, Dude, it, hey, anybody. I, just, I, just gotta, anybody. I, I gotta know, Justin. I gotta know. If you get kicked in the dick right at the beginning of the fight, how are you going to react when you get when you get uh, okay before that five minutes is up? Say that one more time for me. After you get, if you get kicked in the dick, right at the beginning of the fight, after you get your stuff collected, uh, before you get that five minute allotment, what is the first thing you're doing? Are you going full balls to the wall, or are you taking it a little bit more easy? I'm going out there and sticking to my game plan. Uh, whatever it is that we're working on before, you know, whatever we're talking about in the locker room, that's what I'm sticking to. But now, once I get kicked in the dick, chances are that five minutes is not enough for me to recover. <laughs> there's been times when we've been like sparring this this actually happened to me years ago like when i first got into mma i got kicked in the dick so fucking hard that my cup shattered Ooh. like yeah i was fucking and i i legit i cried and i don't mean like i just cried right there on the mat i cried the entire fucking night like, <laughs> yeah, you know and that's the thing with like uh with contact sports and stuff especially with like in wrestling people would always say like what hurts more would you like when you get hit in the balls or in the dick and it's like, dude, I don't know. For me, it's usually you get hit pretty hard in the dick, man. It's sometimes it hurts way worse than a nut shot. I'll tell you that much right now. 
Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's, oh my God. I just, I'll never forget, like, <laughs> just watching, watching Chance's face as he got kicked. And uh, Kyle, like, Kyle, you know, he was very, very apologetic, you know what I mean? So it was something to say. But it, I felt like it changed Chance's mode, right? Because he went from a striking game into a grapple game. And it instantly, from the grapple game, he, you know, he scored the rear naked choke, man, in that first round. And it was just a, it was a great battle between those two guys. And I was, it was, oh, just, I just cannot stop thinking about that first five seconds. And I was like, man, Dana's got to be like, <laughs> I'm so proud that the UFC has ESPN Plus right now. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the reason I asked Justin, I asked uh, Justin is because, you, we see these fighters when when they get kicked in the nuts uh, after they recover or whatnot, they just start trying to, to knock the dude's head off. Like, oh, you fucking kicked me in my nuts! I'm gonna knock the fuck out of you. And we didn't see that with uh, with this fight. We saw him take it to the ground and say, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna submit this guy. But- and I think that's good. It's uh, uh, overcoming that uh, that 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 sense of anger. Um, that's huge. That shows a lot of uh, maturity as a fighter. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of like uh, the equivalent of like trading blows. Like a lot of times when somebody takes a hard punch, their initial reaction is to shit. Let me fucking show the crowd I can land a, a big punch too. Um, in all actuality, what the fighter should do is fucking take a step back, recollect themselves and figure out what the fuck they did wrong to allow that to happen. Now, of course, getting kicked in the fucking dick is a lot different. You don't want to <laughs> fucking find out what you did to get yourself kicked in the dick. That's you know, true. so I think, uh, I think, you know, he, he did the right thing. You know, he fucking took his, you know, he, he stayed calm, cool and collective. And, and ultimately, you know, if the fight were to go into deep rounds, you know, that's where, uh, you know, that, that first round and how well they manage their gas tank. That's where that really starts to show. Yep, definitely. That's so much facts in that. So we're going to move on from the chance fight. We're going to go right into, uh, Jeff Neal versus Balea, uh, Muhammad. This was a great fight. I thought that these guys laid it out on the line. Uh, Jeff definitely came up with the unanimous decision. I just, I, I guess, you know, with the gas tanks that they were pushing with, man, I, I don't know, man, I felt like, uh, Muhammad, he just, after, after like his face kind of got busted open, he was just not into the fight anymore. He looked like he was trying yeah. to just coast out to the end, but he Jeff, out. yeah, he did. Jeff, Jeff really kept pushing the, the momentum, but yep, you're right. Muhammad really did cash out and was like, I don't, I don't want to get into this anymore. Right, we've talked about it before too. Once, once you see a fighter cash out, you're like, "Oh, all right, I don't know." You might as well just tell them you're out because I've heard from other people that have been in the octagon. You know, once you get, if you can't get your head out of that space, that's gonna change your game because you're not thinking clearly. So once you saw it on his face, you're like, "Oh, I don't think he's gonna get this at all." How'd you feel about that fight, Ricky? Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean. What else? What else is there to say? You guys hit it all right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Anthony, what did you what did you think of like the the contrast between Muhammad and Neil? I did not watch this one. This was one of the ones after we got the uh, the, the the Kyle Stewart chance uh, fight going. This is the fight that it started having a loading problem, so we didn't okay. get a chance to see that one. Thanks, Dana. Thanks for that. Ghost, did you happen to check that fight out? <laughs> Unfortunately, God. Yeah. Unfortunately I, I missed the the first bout, the first uh, three fights as well. Okay. Getting my free account set up. So then. And then I also I missed the post fight. 
canceling my account. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hold on. So let's go with uh, T, T. So we'll move right over, right? So T. E. Edwards, uh, he fights uh, Dennis Bermudez, and surprisingly, Bermudez came out in this fight, looked like a champion to me. Was just battling really tough. He ended up getting the win, got unanimous decision. I guess the more shocking part about this whole entire fight was he. It was done. Like he retired. Yeah, like he retired right after the, the win. That was surprising for me. I didn't. I that was a little bit of a shock. But you know, like that's another thing we said. Like same with the once they cash out in the ring. Dana said it. Other fighters have said it before. Once that retirement mindset gets in, and it's that's you got to start reevaluating. Are you are you there? Because that's a big monster to have in the in the back of your head entirely. Because yeah, then you got to fight with that on your back. Like, do I want to do this anymore? So yeah. if he if no one knew that he was struggling with it, and he was like, you know what, I'm struggling. I don't want to do this. I'm done. It's better than the ones that you see. Like, are they going to retire? Or they're not. And then you see the last three fights where they just screw up because their brain's not in the game because they're too worried about whether or not they're going to fight or not. So at least you didn't you didn't have that, and he went out on a win. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad BJ he went Pitt. out and win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Take notes. Take notes, BJ. That's what we're trying to tell you. Right, Just take right. notes. Be a coach. Yeah, be something. Be something other than a fighter. Yeah, man. I mean, if you don't have it there, especially at a level like the UFC, man, it's uh, you know a lot of people forget that and don't even think about the fact that once these guys are in the UFC, that's about as high as that is as high as it can get in the world as far as uh, mixed martial arts goes. And if you're thinking about retirement and your heart's not in it, um, you're gonna put yourself in some danger there, or yeah. you're just gonna be getting yourself clowned the entire time. And right. uh, and it's one of those deals where it's like if you're if if your heart's not in it and you're thinking about retirement and everything, like I mean, as as bad as it sounds, as mean as it sounds, like you don't belong in the UFC. Yeah, you know, yeah, go find out some like uh, if you if you're doing it because you know the money or whatever. I mean, go somewhere else. But in the UFC, you're just gonna get destroyed. Dude, and, as uh, much as I like it, go to Bellator though. Like <laughs> the Bellator deals with the fighters that don't know whether or not they want to fight or not. And they'll deal with the exactly. Bullshit. Pretty go much. to Bellator. Exactly. Go to Bellator. Like there you go. The fit. That's where that's what they like to deal with that stuff. However, I am excited hey. for that that Fader versus Bader fight. Just put that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move up, right? So we got this was the first fight that ended up showing up on the ESPN card. This was a uh, Sanhagen versus Batista. Uh, Sanhagen did win this fight by uh, submission. Uh, this was by mm-hmm. armbar. It was a it was a pretty technical armbar, if you ask me. Uh, just great position and yeah. ended up you know catching just right. It, it is what it is. I just I it was it was a thing of beauty. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> what up, Holloway? It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so, how did you, so how did you feel about the fight, I, Anthony? Uh, that was a good fight, definitely. I um, wasn't long enough, uh, first off. Um, and, uh, can you hear me, guys? Hold yeah. On, but anyway, so it was, a good, it was a good fight. I mean, if you look at it, uh, even even – the uh, striking, like significant, significant strikes, like it was all at distance. There was no clinching, so um, and there is this wham, bam, one takedown, and then I'm gonna uh, win the fight. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, it wasn't one down, one takedown, one submission move. It was just clean as it could get. Um, Julie, how'd you feel about the fight? Uh, you're talking about the Sandhagen fight. Sorry, I, I. Unplugged my internet for a second. Had plugged myself back in. Yeah, the same thing. Talking about this. 
Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I I liked. Um, I was actually a little surprised because I I thought there was gonna not so much surprise, but when Batista went in going for the takedown, I think that looked. I thought it looked a little like. Oh no, I'm in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble. Because once he got there, he didn't really do anything. That makes sense. Because once he was on the ground, that was Sanhagen. That was his, that. And look what happened. Ended up getting it with with a submission. True. Very true. So, Ghost, what you thought? Uh, honestly, I was extremely impressed with San Hagen's jujitsu. Um, like on the ground, it was just like he he literally did everything like textbook. It it honestly yeah. looked like a, a glorified practice. Um, going back to my wrestling terms, um, it was like just constant like submission after submission was being thrown up. He was starting with the triangle. He turned with the armbar once and finally got it again. Um, and then ended up seeing the deal with the arm bar. I, I was extremely impressed with the jujitsu. I would have liked to see more stand up. Of course, I think everybody kind of does. Yeah. But uh, looking at it from a technical standpoint, I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was very well played. Yep. I thought he had a, I thought he put on a clinic too, as far as like the ground games went. I thought it was just, it was legit. So we're going to move up, right? So we got to talk about this fight. Maria, oh. uh, the Maria Menefeld fight. No, Julie, I already heard you say, so why don't you go ahead? Tell us a little about this fight. Oh, I mean, well, I I was already looking forward to because I like Menfield. Um, just uh, there's something about take the fighting. Uh, there's something just about him that I enjoy. Um, I was a little worried with some of the how how much of a bomb he was throwing about gassing out too early, but he got it done in the first round, so we didn't have to worry about that now, did we? So no, we didn't. <laughs> not at all it was good though i i enjoyed it i mean i thought like as far as striking they, at at the beginning they were kind of okay maybe not so much they, they were kind of even as far as trying to do response it's just there was more behind men fields punches and you saw it in in moria's face once he got hit you're like oh shit i wasn't ready for how much power was behind that one no so um yeah no, it was good. It was a great. It was a great knockout. Yeah. I'm just gonna be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, Ricky, yeah. what did you what did you think of the Menfield fight? All right, perfect, man. Sorry, I'm having some technical difficulties over here in Nebraska. Don't worry, <laughs> I can edit it. Well, that's your yeah. first. That's your first problem right there. Is you're in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Whoa, whoa. Oh, what do you expect, man? We got. Well, I just got an upgrade on a 56k modem, so I don't know what the hell the problem is here. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you just said to me. ESPN Plus was as technical as I'm going to get. <laughs> Let's just say when I connect to my internet, I got to hear a little bit of static, all right? My all phone right. Rolling everything like that. So. All right. So what was your thoughts on the Minifield fight? Oh, it was good, man. I thought it was it was a great knockout. I mean, there's really, there really wasn't too much to say about it. It was just one of those where, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I thought it – I thought it uh, – I thought it was going to be one of those that was going to go to decision when I first went into it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> nope. There's really not too much else to say about it besides, um, yeah, good knockout, good win. It was, it was good, man. It was good. So goes, what did you see on a technical side that, that helped Manifield get the win? Uh, oh, that helped Manifield get the win. Uh, oh boy. Uh, I seen like a complete and total basic like lack of of striking. Let me see. Let me bring up my notes real quick. I'm sorry, because I had actually had a lot of notes written down on this one. Oh, there we go. 
Yeah, so Manifield Marin. So basically what I got from this one was there was a complete and total lack of striking on Maria's end. Um, like and and honestly that that helped Manifold. He's obviously he's a fucking slugger. Um I think Maria went out there and he was too reliant on his jujitsu, but you always gotta keep in mind the fight starts where? Fucking standing up. Right. So he went out there and he walked and you could just tell he, he was extremely timid. Um the, his stance, his manner, he was so fucking flat footed. So flat footed. Like that right there alone, if he moved if he would have fought against somebody who had any idea on how to cut angles, the fight would have been over in the first fifteen seconds. Guaranteed. Um he threw a few spinning uh back heel kicks, which looked fucking horrible. It looked like he learned them in his backyard. Um <laughs> it's, it's it's the truth. It's the truth. And right. he, he, he didn't set him he did he didn't set him up at all because he's flat footed, right. so you're supposed to get your opponent to, to move towards the spinning heel kick. He didn't do any of that. He just went out there and, and threw him. And I mean, I, th- I think after taking those first few cracks, he was kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to throw out something, which right. I don't blame him. But uh, yeah, it's, I just think that he, to be in the UFC, I think you have to be very well-rounded, obviously. And I think that he completely lacked boxing and Muay Thai and kickboxing. Right. Um, so looking at this from, uh, from Dana White's perspective, yeah, I wouldn't be putting him back out there. You wouldn't bring him back out there, is that what you said? No, no, I would not. I would not put him back out there. Yeah. I would send him to like maybe Abu Dhabi or something like that. Some some pretty good jujitsu tournaments, but he's his striking is non-existent. He's gonna get fucking hurt. Yeah, true. Yeah, example. we talked about that. We talked about this fight where um we saw Menafield just dropping serious serious bombs. But you you had brought up the point, which was really really crystal clear to me, was that. Uh, yeah, Maria, you could tell Maria got through the Contender Series through his jiu-jitsu. Like, that was, like, one yeah. of the big things that you had yeah. said. And, uh, and it showed. It showed because he kept, he kept, it looked like he was wanting to take the fight to the ground. But, I mean, if you have a guy who's not going to follow you, hey, man, you, you have no choice but to stand up and trade. And uh, that's ultimately what led to his downfield, or downfall. And it, it, it was what it was, you know what I mean? Like... Well, when he got cracked a few good times, too, like I was saying, you saw he was like, oh, crap, this is not what I'm yeah. ready for at all. And that puts a damper on the entire fight. When, if, when a fighter, you see him, like, it's back with that mindset thing. And that's kind of what it was. You saw him, like, get bloofed a f- couple f- good times. You're like, oh, you ain't in it anymore, dude. Yeah, this yeah, is going to end was, early. It was definitely <laughs> a scary situation for, yeah. for Mario when he got dropped. We're going to move up. All right, so let's get mm-hmm. up to the – Real, get up real to, quick, before we move on, man, I just want to throw in there, like, Benefield just looked like he was just, like, in super freaking great shape compared to, to Maria from what I remember. That's the one thing I remember thinking from that fight was, like, man, these two are, like, two different animals in here. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Body-wise, he looks like a little stucky muscle dude as far as, like, yeah, it's crazy, bound man. together. Yeah. That's her, that's her thing, too. Anyway, super stocky, short dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're gonna move over this was a fight to anthony so we're gonna talk these next two fights man anthony was really, really hyped about him and i'm excited that i'm gonna have him kind of talk about it yeah. right so let's talk about let's talk about the lipipsky versus calderwood fight anthony give us your rundown on this fight man oh you know i did that uh that fight was a tale of who looked like she's been fighting all her life and who has not i mean jojo she looked she looked like She's just a veteran in that ring. She knows exactly what to do. She pinpointed everything she did from striking to grappling. 
I mean, at one point, I did thought I thought she was going to tap her out with that rear naked chuck, but she got th- she got out of the round. But I mean, JoJo all around just showed up. She she was she meant business. Yeah, you're 100 percent right, Julia. What was your what was your thoughts on it? Because I know for me, I thought Lipipsky, I thought Lipipsky has has shown that she has a lot of potential. I mean, she was it was her first it was her debut in the octagon. She looked like she was really kind of getting comfortable and everything. Calderwood is just a tough girl. We definitely know right. her from, from her past fights. So, what was your thought process on Lipipsky uh, getting in and you know handling her fight? It's a good debut, to be honest. I mean, she went she went the Full fight to a decision with JoJo, who she's been she's been gotten a, she has more fire as of late, and it wasn't it wasn't like she went in there and she just slightly survived until the end of the 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 fight. No, she she had a good her striking was good. She was there. She had moments where she she uh, she hit JoJo, and you saw that like take back a little bit where she got a little wobbly at some seconds. So she, for a first fight, it's a great debut, even though she lost because you yeah. don't always have to win to have a great debut. And it just makes me excited. I mean, I love the, I mean, she's adorable anyways, with her old queen of violence. Cause she looks like, Oh, hi. Oh, bam. And I, I watched some of her fights even after, um, the the Saturday night, I went online and looked at some of her stuff, her older stuff, and yeah, no, her striking is where it looks like she's gonna, she's gonna surprise a lot of people, at least from the couple of things that I saw. So for a debut, going against JoJo, holding her own, good job, good What'd job. What do you think? What do you think, Ghost? Uh, I thought uh, she looked extremely good for this to be her UFC debut, despite having the loss. I think. Um, her striking was uh was was pretty crisp. Uh, she did a pretty good job uh, during the stand-up. She definitely maintained a, a very fucking high pace um, of striking throughout uh, every single round. Just the problem came uh, from you know getting taken down. She just wasn't able to get up. She wasn't able to do you know anything when she did get the takedown. Um, but as far as it's for for this to be you know for her to be such a young fighter and for this to be her UFC debut, I think she looked phenomenal. Yep, and would you, would you, Ricky? How did you feel about the fight too? Yeah, no, for sure, man. And uh, you know, it's like, um, it's not like, uh, like, like uh, Lipsky just went out there and got destroyed. Like she busted up, uh, she busted out Cal Calder. How do you say her name? Calderwood. Calderwood. Yeah. Anyway, she busted her up pretty good, man. If you if you go back and look at the fight, you could see like her nose is just destroyed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, with these undercard things, like these are like the types of people that nobody really pays attention. And like, I mean, they they do, but like, I'll be honest, like me personally with like the undercard stuff, I watch them and everything, and it's kind of and it's it's cool to see it. But like, these are the types of fights that like a lot of people miss because they're not on the on the main card. But with this girl, man, I like. She she handled herself pretty well for her to go as long as she did. I mean, that first round, I was like, "Whoops, she's dead." But then she ended up going the entire fight. And there was actually a point in the fight where she actually took her down and got side control. Lisky did, you know. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's I don't I don't know I don't I think she's gonna be good, man. Give her some time; she'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bring and I felt that same sure. way too. I felt mm-hmm. like watching her fight, right? So I felt Lipitsky like. She she got in. She was being kind of tough. She was handling her business. You know, she was busting up Calderwood. Calderwood was landing great shots. But the the ultimate thing that we saw the difference was just experience. And Calderwood yeah. had had the experience the whole time, and she knew it. And she was just kind of outpointing 
you know, Lipipsky in the fight. So it was it was great on Calderwood. And then we talk about it all the time. We joke about it. Um, Julie and I will joke about it all the time with Frankensteiner, uh, the wrestling podcast that we do. And uh, we talk about uh, losses that make you look good, right? And this was one of those losses mm-hmm. for Lipipsky. Like, she looked good in the loss. Yeah, I agree. We've, we've all said it. So we're going to move up. Uh, this is the one fight where Anthony's probably gonna blow his load. So Anthony, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us about, tell us the Hernandez, the Hernandez Cerrone fight. Go on. Just, just thinking about it, I just blew my load. Are you kidding me? Um, everybody had, everybody literally was talking about how Cerrone wasn't gonna win this fight. That I think we think he's overhead against this kid. That is. That is newer. That that's number ten in the ten in the world, and this this Hernandez kid just wouldn't would not stop harassing oh Donald. So Donald just let it happen. Donald just went out and made a statement win from the body shots. Every time he he came in, he ate a knee. Every time that he threw something, he got hit twice, all the way to the kick, to, to the kick towards the end of the fight that. He started to block, but couldn't get his uh, counter arm up to kind of take some of the blow to the fall to Donald just just opening up and hitting him like 12 times before the referee said, okay, enough's enough. Um, Donald Cerrone looked really good. And that's coming from somebody that kind of almost agreed with a lot of people, with, with a lot of people that when we had the last podcast before uh, Donald got on this little streak that he's on, when he lost to Darren Till, Robbie Lawler, and George Mazdaval is that is enough enough? Is it, is it time to hang him up? And now he's rattled, reeling off a three out of four. I mean, Donald Cerrone is back, and he's hungry. Yeah, and I think for me, one thing that kind of stood out, right? And and I'm going to be honest, I was one of those guys. I had Hernandez picked to win this fight. I had him picked to win this fight prior to knowing and prior to seeing him talk all about Cerrone's family. And once he started going in and started talking trash about his family and stuff, I was like, dude, you have no idea what you're getting into. And you have no idea what you're doing. And I know as me being a dad, as Ricky being a dad, as Anthony being a dad, as Starks, you being a dad, you can talk about this too. Like, once you open up that can of worms and talk about somebody's family, you are asking to get that ass beat. And that's exactly what happened. Right. You know, and and (laughs) it was... It was very, it was very eye-opening to see this Donald Cerrone, and I and it, hey, give him all the credit that he has. He has the most wins, the most finishes in the UFC. He called out Conor McGregor, and he only he called him out like with a list of other fighters. But McGregor openly said right. he's like, "Yeah, I'll fight you for that." Yeah. Well, if this makes sense, like me, I actually had Cowboy winning this fight because of how I saw from the last fight. He has this. He has this kid. Danger. Again, like I said before, love the fact that he named his son Danger. But then now that he has a kid and he brings his kid to be able to fight, I mean, watch him fight, that's a constant reminder right there, too. That last fight, you saw it in his face. That was an entirely different cowboy towards the end of that fight. He was like, no, I've got something to fight for. I physically can see the thing that I'm fighting for, my little man. And that that's where I was like, I don't think Hernandez realize I don't think a lot of people realize that we have Cowboy 2.0 starting out. He wants that belt. He yeah. wants to do stuff. 
Nope. So I think we're getting another version of Cowboy. Now, hopefully, you don't get ridiculous with the fighting and spelunking in between, you know, and hurt him damn self because he's a crazy man. But I, I really, I was, I did not have Hernandez as as much as a lot of other people because of the fact that of how determined Cowboy's been looking lately. No, I, yeah. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> that that fight, man, that entire fight was like. A grown ass man versus a kid. That's what it, it felt was. like I was watching. Like it was like, yeah, this guy. You watching was, a parent go to the high school and beat yeah. up someone's bully? Yeah, dude. What? It was like, it's like, it's like watching that loudmouth little punk in high school that's just like mouthing somebody that's like, hey, man, don't do that. Don't be mouthing that college senior at that wrestling camp because he's going to light you up. And, you know, <laughs> right. that's what it felt like, man. And, you know, you got a guy that was, I think, what, Cerrone was 34 and 11 going into this fight and this kid was 10 and one and it's like come on man i'm man it, it just and cerrone just looked like he man donald just looked like he was so hungry mm-hmm. and he looked like i mean he was legitimately he looked like he was legit pissed off going into this fight and he just destroyed him man even if you look the kick at the end there when he kicked hernandez he put his hand up right he put his hand up next to his head and he's and he kind of like almost blocked it but he ate it he, he ate the kick and it i mean well he didn't need it because it basically is what phased him there at the end but you know what i'm saying like he kicked him hard man like that was like a, a kick to kill and i don't know it was good watching him man and i'm glad he's he's doing well because that's kind of like when people watch bj pin and they're like all right this is it he's gonna come back right and then it's like nope he just got destroyed to watch like cerrone be on like the streak he's on is pretty awesome man yeah. Why would you say that stuff about some about a man's family who goes cave diving for fun? Like, right? if, you ever, if you ever get bored, just YouTube uh, Donald Cerrone cave dive story and listen to his story about oh, cave diving. So good on the Ro- on Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, exactly. Oh it's my on god, Rogan's it's podcast. so good. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone ever told me that story, the last thing I would want to do is talk about somebody's yeah. family. <laughs> right. uh, the last who thing you're going to do is be like, hey, guy, why don't you punch me in the face? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's move up, so, right? Yeah, man. It was crazy. Right, right. It, was, it was super awesome watching him fight again. And it was, yeah, it was basically like watching uh, somebody's dad uh, just go out there and beat the shit out of somebody who was. Uh, you know, talking about their kid, and it was awesome. It was great. So, something I want to touch on too, right? And then we're going to move on to the next fight. Uh, Donald Cerrone was in the back doing a post-fight interview, and the one thing that got asked was, uh, "Are you going to start taking? Are you going to keep taking fights to take fights, or are you going to be tactical about it?" Because your team has said that you can be more tactical, and he said, "No, I'm going to go with my team. I'm going to be more tactical. I'm going to choose my opponents versus just picking random fights and just going for it." So. Hopefully, the Conor McGregor fight is the next fight that he gets. But he did say that anybody he would settle for a fight in the top eight, but he wants a top five opponent first in a 155. So hopefully, we'll get to see that because he definitely he's now 35. Yeah, he's now he's got 35 victories now, and here's the thing: he's only 35 years old. So I think he still has a lot left in him, man. He's got he's got a lot. Yeah. He's got a lot in that tank. I really do agree with that. Um, the, the biggest thing is is Donald is hungry. He's hungry for his kid, hungry to put tab- uh, food on, on the table, money in their pockets. Um, with that being said, he, he is very, very humble as well. Like he was, he's like, he like, was like, thank you. Thank you to Connor about even 
humoring the fight. He was like, if Connor's down, I'm down. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, even though, even though one of the other questions I was asked is, do you think your next fight is going to be against him? He's like, 90% of me says yes, but the other 10% says something's going to happen and it's not going to happen. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that's the next fight is Connor versus Cowboy. So that with that being, go ahead, go ahead, Ghost. All right. So we're going to, we're going to move up, right? So the first fight that we are really going to talk about, this was on the main card for ESPN plus Glover Teixeira, Carl Robertson, Anthony and I, we did the prediction show prior to this. I think, didn't you? I took Baby K. I think you took Baby K as well, didn't you? I did. I took uh, Baby K, even though I, t- I said that. Oh, do you, I did uh, say it. I did say that if Glover gets that one shot, it could definitely be over. And that's exactly what happened. So It was so quick, too. Yeah, it was devastating. The way you know just... what's crazy is that Roberson had the fight. Like, he dropped Glover, he got on top, he was battling, he was punching, he was landing strikes on Glover. But you could just see Glover, he he was like, I'm going to persevere through this. He kept standing up, he kept blocking, he kept pushing forward on the fight. Right, That's right, right. Why, like, the fight wasn't going to get stopped, you know. So it was definitely, it was it was wild to see, but then to see the fight keep getting pushed. And then Carl, when he got up, man, he just, he was like, all right, I'm going to go back with the same game plan. Nope, didn't happen. He got got taken down, got put into that. He got put into, like, it was, he just got put on, he got put down, and then you saw Glover get on top, and as he's, like, working for position, and then, like, Baby K just, like, he's he starts to push forward. He starts to, he gets up to his base, he starts to push forward, and then it's, like, Glover, like, it was weird. It's like watching two monster trucks, like, push into each other, because then Glover went into another gear, and then, bam, lands the arm triangle and gets the tap. And I was like, this was like a brute strength fight once it got to the ground and they were battling against each other. And then we saw it run over, and I was like, wow. I was like, that was – it was one of the most insane things I'd seen in a long time. Right. What was your, yeah, what was and your I tell thoughts? you what, man, Glover was taking some pretty bad elbows to the back of the head there. I'm surprised I didn't get called. At least I thought it was some pretty insane elbows he was taking to the back of the head. But – uh Anyway, uh, yeah, man, I thought uh, I didn't think Glover was gonna was gonna end up winning that, but once he took him down and he was on top of him, I mean, because he actually snuck in that arm triangle once, and he had gone for it, and then uh, I was like, man, he's gonna go for it again, and sure enough, once he once he sunk it in there, man, it was done. It was yeah. crazy. That was a that was an upset, man, because that's just one of those where, yeah, like you said, man, I had it going the other way around, and so for Glover to get a win like that, it's like, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Shout crazy. out to the Portland boys. Yo, uh, what do you think of the fight, Ghost? So basically, it's the same thing. I thought a lot of those um, elbows were pretty questionable, but then again, like thinking, like looking at it from Texas' perspective, like I think he kind of knows better from hanging out on those legs too long like that. Like hey, you're you're trained when you get a, when you go for a takedown, especially against a cage like that. If it's getting stuffed, you got to fucking bail. You either bail or you come up and you secure the underhook and you get your head positioning and you keep your opponent's back to the cage. You don't hang out on the legs like that. And after those elbows are, are exactly why you don't do that. Um, but, yeah, after that, I mean, shit, kudos to him. I mean, his uh, his, his cage experience is, is – uh, I think that's what basically carried him through that because I thought he was done for. What about you, Anthony? Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely uh... – 
I'm I'm right there with you that uh that lover uh did what did what I called. I called that one shot. Um those elbows were iffy. I'm glad to see Glover get out of there. And he got he got up. It was like, yeah. He's like, next. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it was a it was a great all around for Teixeira. I don't know what the future holds for him as far as like trying to move up, but I definitely thought this was a good win. This is a this is a lost opportunity for for uh, Baby K because this was a fight that had he won this fight, I would have said, hey, let's get this guy into the top 10, let's get this guy into the top 5, and then, you know, eventually let's go see if he challenges uh, John Jones. But, hey, man, if you can't get past Glover Teixeira, he's not even uh, he's not even a benchmarker for, like, establishing whether you're going to be an elite fighter or not. And if you can't get past him, hey, tough luck, man. Uh, get back to the drawing board, work on your game plan, and get back to it. Uh... Next fight yeah. that we're going to talk about, man. And I'm sorry, it's rough, it's rough to fucking say that, but it is what it is. Next fight that we're going to talk yeah, about sure, is uh, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Osevich. So this fight had some controversy to it, right? And it had to deal with Rachel Osevich uh, on her personal side. So we know that she obviously, you know, she had the domestic abuse. Uh, and then there's another fighter. We'll bring him up later. Not right now. That was on the fight, so it made a kind of a controversial fight. Uh, Dana White just said it just happened. It it wasn't coincidence, and it wasn't a business move that both those guys on the fight or, or both those guys were on the fight together. It just at one point in time they were going to cross the roads eventually. But what we ended up seeing was uh, Paige Van Zant, who hasn't even fought for a year, which is kind of insane to think about. She has fought for a year. She got back in the ring, um, and she definitely had a lot of ring rust in the first round. So as she was battling in that first round, uh, she got caught a couple times and some crazy submissions and she just kind of battled and pressed through and you know it she was you could tell she was uncomfortable her face was bright red but in the second round uh she came out and she remembered like hey i'm 12 gauge and you will respect me and she set the tone for the second round she scored a takedown she scored the arm bar and then she laid on top of the arm bar with her body weight which you could hear Rachel screaming about how much yeah. pain that she was in. So, you know, if if she's severe, seriously injured, we wish her the best. We wish her the best anyway because she fought well. And I thought I thought at first she was going to have that fight won. But I wish her the best. And hopefully she heals up f- fast because we'd like to see her fight again. And, you know, l- later on this right. year. Uh, Julie, right. what's your that thoughts on the fight? happened so Well, I, I thought it was interesting, too, because the ending happened so quick, too, because a lot of people didn't know what happened. Right. Yeah, you know, right. It was like you're like, what, 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 what just happened? And then they showed that camera angle where they saw right where they point out Rachel was tapping. Where I was like, oh shit! Like if this makes sense, I I don't know what it is. I'm 100 percent honest. I'm it's a dick move, but I'm always indifferent about Paige Van Zant. They made me respect her more than I did before because I I was getting worried that she was just going to be one of those like, oh, hey, I, I, I work for the UFC, but she's not in the octagon as much. What she put on this this past fight made me go, okay, I know you're a fighter. You're absolutely a fighter. You're, you you want to still be here. I know we've me and you, Cliff, have talked about um, the possibility of her going over to the pro wrestling because there's been talks about whether or not she's going to go over there. If she's not going to do that, that fight this weekend made me go, okay, I maybe uh, I need to stop being a dick because you really you that that second round, she 
kicked the rust off. And like we were talking, when you were talking about the arm bar where she leaned into it and you could, the whole Rachel screaming when she was putting that pressure on, I was like, Oh, okay, bitch. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm totally sorry. That's me. I'm, my bad. Good job, girl. <laughs> yeah. So it made, I, I, it made me, it made me appreciate her more than I did before. So how'd you feel about the fight, Anthony? Um, you know what? My hat is off to uh, Rachel Ostevich. She looked phenomenal that first round. I, I almost didn't think that it was going to make it out of the first round. But then that second round, Paige just remembered who she was. And right. The, the jitters went away. And after the jitters went away, Paige was Paige. And got that nasty arm bar, the whole crack and everything. And here's, my, here's another thing is how great it is for a fighter to know that just happened. You felt the tap. And if you stay on there longer until the referee gets around to see it, is that going to be? She jumped off her real fast. It, it's like those knockouts we see where you're standing. And the guy gets knocked out, and you you know it's done. But you have the opportunity to hit him a couple more times until the referee stops it. And you don't. That's how much respect that Paige Van Zandt has for the game that she felt her tap, she felt the pop, and she jumped off right, right, right off of her. Right. Yep. Yep. True. Well, which is, was, uh... which shows a big sign of respect because she could have hurt her more. Yep. She could have. She had the position to do it. Ricky, what was your thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, man. I thought, uh, you know, I thought going into the fight, I, I was like, man, this is going to be like a really like a feel good story here for Rachel because of all the deals she had with her husband, you know, and the domestic violence thing. So. Seeing her like that first round was just like, man, this is awesome. You know, you like you always anytime someone comes back from something crazy like that, you like to see him come out there and just dominate or at least, you know, get a, get some kind of win. And that's what she was doing, man. She was out there. She was destroying Paige. And I mean, that second round, though, it was just like, holy cow. Um, uh, Paige, it's like Paige Van Zandt was like, all right, that's enough of this. And uh, yeah, man, that's what happened. She ended up coming out there and. When that she when Rachel tapped, I really I had no idea what had happened there because it looked like she was actually gonna slide out of it, and right. so I was like okay, and then uh, and so when they ended it, I thought that maybe she just verbally submitted submitted or something or or what was right. going on, and um, so I was just kind of like okay whatever, because it's very rare you you, hear, you just see a, a fighter just give up without tapping or anything you know so. It was kind of weird, and then when they showed the angle, I was like, "Ooh, that girl about got her shoulder snapped in half, <laughs> her elbow." And uh, yeah, it was it was good that Van Zandt let go of it, man, because she could have done some real crazy damage if she yeah. kept going and going. I mean, it would have it would have done some mass damage on her arm. And so, yeah, that's that's respectable there, and uh, it's awesome. It sucks Rachel didn't get the win, but I mean, it was still a good fight. And uh, yeah, man, that's what MMA is about, you know. Unfortunately, uh, when it comes to competition and everything. The feel goes. The feel good story doesn't always happen, but the fact that she got back in the cage and and had a good fight like that, you know, it is what it is. So definitely it was a good fight, man. Like, it was a good one. Ghost, give me your opinion. So here's my opinion on this. Uh, I was really expecting Paige Van Zandt to strike Osovich. Um, so hats off to her for winning via submission. Um, when she fought last year, she won with what like a freaking crazy flying switch kick yeah. you know it looked like you could tell she like learned that off of dancing with the stars <laughs> so i got mad respect for her going out there finishing the fight that she uh, the way that she did as far as ostrovitz goes um she got the, the the takedown in the first round i believe um and she 
she didn't do anything on top. Like when you get those takedowns, you know you're already you're already down the round. You have to land significant strikes. You have to. Like a a, a takedown is basically a guaranteed win for the round. Like you can be getting your ass pieced up if you get the takedown. Like that weighs heavy on the scorecard. And Osevich did not capitalize on that. Um, you could definitely True. tell that Paige Vazette had been working on her ground game. Obviously, she won via submission, but she just looked extremely comfortable out there. Um, she was throwing up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, different attacks, and then when she transitioned to that armbar, she went inverted. Like when she started to go inverted, I was like, "Oh shit, it's over." I, I seen that shit coming. So right. that for her, her jujitsu was, was spot on. Um, and and again, hats off to her. Um, weighing in on what you guys were talking about earlier, as far as uh. She goes uh, like amongst uh, you know female fighters and, and how her significance is in, in the UFC. Don't get me wrong, I really really like Paige Van Zandt. I really do. I think she's gonna do great things. I just don't ever see her holding a belt. I really don't. Um, I hate to say it. Um, and again, no, uh, of course, no no offense, throwing or no shade coming from my way or anything like that. But I honestly think she's gonna be the the, the Uriah Faber of the females in the UFC. Nope, yeah, I, she's, she's, she's I take that pioneer. back I, right now. <laughs> she's gonna be a pioneer. She's gonna do great. No, I love Uriah Faber. I've I've trained with Uriah Faber. I'm actually planning to go out to Team Alpha here in a few months to, to to train under him. But it's the truth. He's done great things. He's a phenomenal fighter, just like Paige Van Zandt is. He just could never crack it. You know, could never crack that championship t- that that championship belt. Right. Well, and I, unfortunately, I just think that there's way too much talent out there for the females. For for Paige Van Zandt, maybe right now, is she growing? Yes, and and that's the thing that kind of sways me in a different direction. But right now, I I don't see her beating the top three. I don't. No, I don't. I don't see it happening either. The other part that I think is funny is though is that there's been a lot of rumors, and actually Julie brought it up was that she's circulating in uh, that her fight, her contract with the UFC is like coming to an end. And that there's a strong possibility that she could be switching over to the WWE. So even if she's not holding a belt in the UFC, she's probably going to hold one in the WWE. So she'll get a belt, just hey, not the UFC let's belt. Let's be real. She got those. Uh, she she got those new puppies. Uh, implants for a reason. So she, she wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> surprising. You got got to set them see some kind of way. But yo, uh, Cliff, I Justin, you, you mad? You mad about those puppy implants? I am. Yeah, look, dude, I am literally. I'm already hiding in my closet right now, dude. You are not about hey. to give me in no more fucking trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right now, go ahead. If I wanted to see, that, I wanted to see implants and shit, I'd go watch porn, man. Hey. If I want to watch a fight, I'll watch UFC. <laughs> go, yeah, yeah. Give us I your, keep that shit man. out of the octagon. All right, guys, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's just my opinion. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <Ghost>. Whatever. <laughs> go ahead. Give us your give us your uh, your stuff where we can find you on social media and then a uh, dip out. Yeah, so uh, Instagram ghost dot one five five and uh, Twitter gh zero st dot one five five mma uh, again. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on, but I'm getting threatened with chunkles right now. I don't know if y'all know what chunkles are. Yep, yeah, but I'm um, there basically. Yeah. Hell yeah, we better get on here. <laughs> we know. All right, man. Y'all, I appreciate you guys, man. All right, All take ya. it easy, man. All right. All right, with that being said, let's move up, right? So we had uh, Ben uh, Benavides versus Ortiz. This fight went unanimous decision. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of big call-outs in this fight, right? So that's what we ended up getting to see. Um, Ricky, why don't you tell me what you thought about that Benavides fight? I thought it was a good technical fight, man. It really was. Uh, I, I didn't, you know, it was, it was like fr- from, 
like a fan standpoint, like if you were just like a fan drinking a beer, watching it, you probably wouldn't like it too much. But from like an athletic standpoint, like just to see like all the way the different leverages and everything, the different techniques that were being used throughout the fight, I thought it was pretty cool, man. It was uh, I enjoyed watching it. If you're if you're uh, if you're an MMA fighter yourself, or if you're just looking into training into MMA and stuff, it's one of those that you watch just to learn, man. And uh, I mean, I think that's the best thing about that fight. And all of like Benavides, he's such a good technical fighter, man. I love watching that guy, but. Uh, for the most part, man. I mean, it was. I wasn't surprised that it, that it ended the way it did, but you know, it's it's definitely one of those where if uh, if you're trying to learn and watch some tape on how to be a UFC fighter, that's that's where you go. Yep. But that's about the best thing I could say about that fight. Julie, what'd you think? Oh, did you say me? Yep. Go ahead. What's that? Yeah, go ahead, Julie. It's you. Okay, sorry, I went in and out for a second. Um. Yeah. Uh, I liked that fight. I also thought it was hilarious that um. After the results of the the main match between Cejudo and Dillashaw, you, Joe was going like, "Hey, Cejudo, if you want to avenge that loss and blah 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 blah." I thought that was kind of amusing with his after stuff, but no, I agree with the whole fact of, um, if you were just a drunk random fan in the crowd, you'd probably be bored. But if you're someone that enjoys the chess match that is fighting, that's a match you want to watch. Yes. I, I agree true. with that part. Anthony, yeah. What is that well, because that happens. That happens. That happens. There's fights where it's, if you're a fight fan, as far as the fighting aspect, not like, oh, UFC, but fighting, that's what that match was. Exactly. Those are, to me, those are my favorite fights, man. That's why people hate, like, George St. Pierre. And I love George St. Pierre. Right. But that's like a lot of his fights are just so, he draws them out and everything. But that's a whole other topic. That's, it, yeah, exactly, man. It's like, it's somebody who's a fan of the game and loves the chess matches and stuff. That was that's the type of fight you want to watch. Yeah, you're right. Sure, Anthony. Uh, quick opinion on the Benavides fight? Chess match. That's all I can say about that. It was, right. It was a chess match, really, and and it was. Uh, I think it was like seven to three on takedowns. I mean, if 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 like they said, if you're not a fan of wrestling, of uh, the grappling part of this. You're going to be bored. If you're there for the exciting punches, you're going to be bored. Because this one didn't really have any, especially from Joseph Benavides. Um, uh, D- D- Dustin Ortiz definitely hit him a, a few more times. I think he had like 93 or 95 strikes. Um, but overall, it was a good win by Joseph Benavides. He's so tactical. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So moving up, right, we had uh, Gillespie versus uh, Meridius. Um, let's be real. This was a complete annihilation in the second round for uh, Gillespie. He just, he did everything he wanted to do in that octagon at that time, and he pretty much just picked and chose uh, where the fight was going to go. I don't know how you guys saw the fight, but from where I saw, uh, Gillespie just dominated. Yeah, I'm glad Yancey got his ass whooped, man. He's such a cocky mofo, but anyway, (laughs) that's the only thing I was thinking there in that fight was like, God, I'm so glad you're getting destroyed right now. And uh, I tell you what, dude, if I ran into freaking Gregory Gillespie in the streets of Rochester, New York, I would probably just keep walking, you know? <laughs> there is uh, – that dude just looks creepy, man. There's just something about him that's like, all right, I would not want to fight him in a bar. That's for sure. No, I don't well, uh, 
I kind of giggle because uh, his stuff got stolen after the fight. I don't know if you guys heard about that one. Him and his trainer's bags got swiped completely. And he went on Twitter and was like, listen, I don't care if you keep my shit. Can I just have my wallet back because I don't want to go to the DMV? And I'm like, that's a true feeling. I don't know anybody that wants to well and legal get their license replaced. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. I didn't know that. That's yeah, an that's that happened crazy, right after man. the fight. It wasn't. It wasn't like what happens where it could be one there by the coach or you know by the different judges or anything like that, where there's bags over there. No, this is like straight from the back, bag swiped, whole thing uh, with the gear right after the fight. So like, kudos for winning. Sorry, you got your shit stolen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sucks, man. Well, I'm sure you got a nice little paycheck to replace That's everything. True. That's true. I'm sure that will cover the $25 replacement fine at the DMV. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, right. It will not. Like, think about the time that he has to sit in the DMV. It's the DMV. Nobody likes going there. <laughs> right, no. pretty much, man. <laughs> Anthony, how'd you feel about the fight? A bad motherfucker. We knew this on the pre at the at the at the our first uh, our pick'em show. Um, one thing I did say about Yancey is he is quick. He if if he has it his way, he will throw enough strikes to to push to push you off. But he's gonna have to be quick enough. And and Gregor Gregor looked so good, like beginning to end. He did, it was it was he was Goliath compared to him uh, to compared to Yancey. I. I was really, really, really shocked on how much dominance he showed in this fight. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like he walked in, he picked out the spots, and then he handled what he handled. Um, so let's move on. We're gonna talk about the the fight of the night, right? The controversy fight of the night. This was a uh, Hardy versus Crowder. Um, let's be real. In the first round. Hardy was moving in and out. He looked like he was being able to handle his fight on his own. Um, Crowder was able to take a lot of the punishment that, you know, uh, Hardy was trying to dish out. Then in the second round, Hardy said that he felt like Crowder was going to come off the ground. And so he threw a knee because he had seen other people do it. And instead, Crowder just kept his feet on the ground or kept his knee on the ground and... Got hit with a devastating knee, let's be honest, and it, it finished him for the night. You know, uh, Dan Dan got pissed, uh, disqualified him, and that's that was all she wrote for the fight. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and like that, I'll give Greg Hardy this, man. He, that was a good, it was, he was fighting great, man. And actually, Crowder right. started getting a little cocky there going into the fight. You know, he started calling them out and doing all this and that, you know, and I thought Greg Hardy looked good. I think it was just one of those, like, uh, as in any sport, I think it was, a, I think it was just a, a new guy mistake. Like, Hey man, you can't do that. And uh, right. he found out the hard way. Uh, you cannot need people when their knees are on the mat. And right. uh, I mean, it's like, this isn't your girlfriend, Greg Hardy. You can't just beat the shit out of her for wherever she's at. Like you got to, oh, you're playing. We went there. Oh damn. So, um, oh damn! With, with that said, you know karma has a way to come around, and I think uh, it unloaded on Greg Hardy when he got disqualified in his UFC debut. And uh, but let's be real, Dan White's going to bring him back. Because like I said, rookie mistake it happens, and uh, there we go. I feel so. I feel I said this when we were talking about me and Cliff were talking about before. I feel bad that that's the way it went down 
because of the fact that he has the past that he does, because no one's going to look past it. I mean, right after it happened, everybody went on Twitter, oh, he's a cheater. Ah. What makes it look really brutal. Exactly. And that's the thing is, like, I think if you would have had that fight with another fighter that didn't have the controversies, people would be saying more so what you were just saying about rookie mistake. Yeah, nobody would care. Nobody. Yeah, would care. exactly. People wouldn't be giving him much shit. I mean, people might care because everybody wants something to bitch about nowadays. But yeah. Exactly. But, like, I think, honestly, I think if it was a different fighter, there wouldn't be as much of a cloud. But because of who he is with everything that went with all this shit with just the card alone with him being on there with Rachel, all of the crap that went in there, I think that if because of that, um, I, you were saying you say you saw this on two on Twitter too, Cliff. They were calling him like a thug and everything like that. It's like yeah. I mean, you could call him out for his shit with the yeah. domestic violence. That's fine, but like yeah. this was not this wasn't I mean, it was, it. this it, was it a clearly, bad like, move, rookie yeah. mistake. Need more time in the octagon to know. Hey, this is something, exactly. and I'll bet. And like we said this too, I bet you ain't never gonna do that damn knee. That's out of right. his. It's no. out of his rolodex of moves. He's like, nope, I ain't pulling that shit out ever again. Right. Not until right. he's more comfortable as a fighter, which would be smarter, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because when you start making mistakes like that, take that shit out. Like if it's mm-hmm. gonna, if you're gonna hurt yourself or somebody else, find a different route. So because like everyone's gonna be looking at him big time because of this shit. All right, Rick. Well, give us give us your yeah. final thoughts, and then uh, give us your your uh, your link ups, and we'll uh, you know get you out of yeah, here. Yeah, man. Tonight. Well, um, as far as the, uh, I mean. Yeah, basically for me that was Friday, the fight of the night um, with uh, with Henry uh, Kichudo and TJ Dillashaw. You know that fight spoke for itself, man. Um, really isn't too much to say. I was happy about the outcome of that. Um, you know I'm a big fan of the lighter guys, so that was super cool to see uh, see that whole matchup go and you know in the in the way it ended. And um, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good night, man. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how it goes as far as the fly the flyweight title goes. But I'll let you guys discuss that. I'm going to dip out because um, I got chunk glass coming my way here soon. So, bro, <laughs> so, God bless your mom. Yeah, yeah, right. No, man. Uh, no, not from my mom, man. It's from the six foot tall white girl that I, that I hang out with every now and then, which is worse than chunk glass. So, anyway, hey, all you guys have a good one. Thanks for having me in here. If you want to get a hold of me, you can follow me on Twitter at EB Sports Gaming. At EB Sports Gaming. Come say what's up. And uh, yeah, man, I uh, hope to get on here more with you guys and it uh, should be a good time. So till then, you guys take it easy. And thanks for having me, Cliff. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Luan, take it easy. And, and uh, Jubaka, until next time. Yes, yes. Pleasure, pleasure. All right. Take care, guys. See ya. All right. So right away, we're going to jump into to the last fight, right? So who knows? Right. Hey, first, first off, first off, first off, first I want to talk about this Greg Hardy fight. Okay. okay. I pick on this. Is you're being trained by the best. You're a professional fighter for a reason. You're not an amateur, and I understand that you're newer to the fight game. Here's the thing: if his knees coming up and about to come up, and you land that, cool. That guy was pretty much almost sitting on his heel when he took that knee. I think he was more frustrated than anything, and it was it was there. It was it was a mistake. Yes. But I think that you're in pro enough. You're being trained by the best enough not to throw that knee. And it's not that he cheats. Excuse. No. And, and there was an excuse. Hold on. Let's let's back this up. Let's let's one hundred back this up. Okay. If you're in the NFL, right? 
you've obviously gone through high school football, you've gone through college football, and you're in the pros, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have experience for everything else that you're doing. And regardless of the fact that he's being trained by, by the best, because let's be real, one of the best in the world he's being trained by, but he's only had seven matches in the octagon, and four of those were in... Four of those were amateur, three of those, two of those belonged in the contender series, and one of them was outside of the contender series. He lacked a lot of experience, let's be real. The mat time, and you can attest to this too, like be, being a wrestler, you can attest to this. Mat time is everything, and not just practice mat time, live mat time. And if you don't have enough live mat time, when you get into those situations, if you're going against a guy who's a veteran, like Crowder is... You, he suckered him in. He could have done one little twitch, right? He could have made it feel like his back popped so that he was going to try to stand up. He could have done anything. Hardy, Hardy was frustrated. Hardy was tired. Hardy mentally was probably exhausted because of all the hype that had been going on through the whole fight week. And when he got into that octagon, he just probably... And, you know, um, who was it? DC said it too. Not very many people are going to be 3-0 and and get... That spot in the fight, the co-main event of that fight. Not very many people can handle that. And he clearly was one of those guys. He's just, he's young in a tooth. He's very inexperienced. He has, let's be real, he has a minute and a half of live octagon match. Like, that's it. He, it's, it's nothing for him. Like, right now, to us, we can, we can digest, we can dissect everything about it and say, you know what, this is why, this is, he. He made the mistake, this is what he did, but it was a lack of experience, and it's not that it's not that he should know better. Yeah, sure, he should know, but if you're caught in that moment, and you feel like that fighter's going to make a move, you felt that, you, you felt that experience before, and what happened was Crowder baited him in, acted like he was going to throw something, and ultimately, I don't think he expected Hardy to throw that knee, but Hardy threw the knee, and it put Crowder out, so, I mean, I don't want to justify Hardy by any means, because as a person, I think he's a disgusting human being, but as a right. fighter, he's a beginner, and as a beginner, like, we didn't, we didn't knock CM Punk that hard, when CM Punk entered the octagon and made his debut, we kind of knew already, we're like, yeah, he's not going to handle this very well, because he's going against a guy who is a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like, we all acknowledge that. And then when he walked out there and he got taken down immediately and he got busted in the face, we didn't go, oh, sucks for that guy. He should have known that that was going to happen. And we're like, oh, retool and get back. And you can get back in the octagon. We legitimately like encouraged this man to do it. And to me, this wasn't, this wasn't Crowder winning. This was Hardy losing because of inexperience. Sorry, that, that was. I, I agree with you, for for the most part. I really do agree with you, most part. But there's still aspects of the gym. Like, how long is he in the gym for? How long is he doing this? That move, yes, definitely a rookie mistake. But you've got to have that in the back of your mind, no matter what the exact rules are. Right. And I feel that. and you want to talk about, but but you you want to talk about live mat time. They're, they're training to be pros. How many when you were in Hawaii and you were and you were and you were working out with the uh, the, the MMA gym? How many times did you see them having real boxing matches, preparing for a fight? They do this stuff on a basis and ghost can that test. They 
they real life fight. They like legitimately put headgear on and real life throw. Like you have to know in the back of your head, and that it's that move is probably going to be a bad call. And it was like it wasn't. It would be different if he was in the clinch and bringing himself up. But they weren't really even in the clinch bringing him, bring him up. The guy was blatantly on his knee. Yeah, but I mean, like, it goes back to that side where Crowder has the experience and it just fakes fakes like he stood up and not really stood up. And Hardy was like, got him. Bam. Oh, that's shit. why I had said, that's why I had said, I think if this was a different fighter, the conversation y'all are having right now would be entirely different. I mean, I honestly believe it. If it was a different fighter... And this conversation might be a little different. Uh, I, because of the fact that I think we're less forgiving of Hardy. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I, I, I if this makes sense, understand this too. I don't like him as a, as a, as a former victim of domestic violence. I don't understand why the fuck he's in the UFC personally, but if he's going to fight, okay, whatever you've been in there, you do it. I think if I didn't personally, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't speak for everybody. Personally, I think that's part where I'm like, Am I putting that? Am I painting that on him when I look at this? So if I take that shit off, I'm like, you know what? If this was somebody else, I might not come as hard as I am right now. With even with the fact that you have an you have a gym that you can go to and you have great coaches, he hasn't been fighting for as long. So that's where I, I wonder, and I'm still gonna keep wondering if we don't paint him with that brush because of the fact that he's such such a shitty person all around that it's hard to go like, oh, okay, well. Maybe maybe you should be doing a better, you know. Maybe the coaching and everything, whatever. I I, I do wonder if part if this was a different fighter, the conversation would be different. I I don't. Here's the thing: if it's a different fighter, say say it's a John Jones, say it's a a TJ Dillashaw, say it's a an Anderson Silva, say, doing that, we're grinding them even harder because of their veterans on how long they've been in there. Like if John Jones throws that th- throws that same illegal knee, knee, we're roasting John Jones. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's that. You, but you're talking about somebody that's had time. I'm talking about if it was a different fighter that wasn't in the octagon. If we had somebody that was that didn't have as many fighting but fights in the UFC that pulled that same thing off, I think there would be a the conversation would be different. Of like, are am I being an asshole because he's new? Well, I on. think people are quicker to throw that that question out. When looking at this, because of all the shit with it, Anthony, Anthony brought and up, I agree. Anthony brought up a great point, and I, I really want to touch on this one really quick before we, you know, move on to the last fight. You mentioned John Jones. John Jones threw an illegal elbow from twelve to six, and we didn't roast the shit out of him. We didn't talk all the trash to him. We didn't say anything. We didn't say, "Well, he should have known Bro. better." Blah 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 blah. Y'all like, didn't, but. <laughs> But y'all did I had problems with it. <laughs> but looking at it, looking at it now, we're like, man, that was just that was just a road bump. Like that was that was a road bump for Jones to get to where he is now. Like obviously he's had road bumps. I don't want to bring those sides up. I just want to focus on his MMA side. But, yeah. But he drops the elbow. Had he not dropped the elbow, and he was like, I think he was like four or five fights into the UFC when he did that. And we were, and everybody was like, "Oh, you can't do that." That's, that's it. And we could say at a minimum, that's fifteen, fifteen minutes in the fight. No, that's more than that. I think he had been twenty-five minutes into the fight in a fight game, like live fights. 
Whereas we know Greg Hardy being a heavyweight, you know, 30 seconds here, 45 seconds there, um, maybe 50 seconds here. Because this fight was the longest fight that he has ever fought. And he was gassed, you know. And I think it came down to frustration. Mental toughness just wasn't there. We, we've we known that because of his days as a cowboy, as his days were a panther. We knew the mental game. That he mentally just maybe wasn't as strong as what he thought he was. And right. made a bad judgment call. And so that was the same exact thing we saw with John Jones. He made a bad judgment call. Dropped the elbow down from from 12 to 6. And got disqualified. So... I guess all I would be like is, hey, give the man a couple more chances and a couple more fights in Octagon, and I bet we're talking about him battling into that top 15, top 10, and probably into a top 5 spot. I don't want to say he's going to be a champion. And I, I just and don't I think totally, that happens. And I totally get that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend that comment, the comment about John Jones because in 2009 – I wasn't watching much of it, UFC or MMA. So I'm I'm gonna defend that saying I didn't get a chance to watch that. I still have not actually seen that fight between him and Matt Hamels where he got where he got disqualified. Um I will go to look at that fight after after discussion tonight. But definitely I understand I understand. It it, it was a rookie mistake. I, I get it. I, I get it. Definitely do. And I get Julie's point, like we we were kind of slamming him a little bit more because of the outside of, of the domestic stuff. Um, I will say that he did seem apologetic. He seemed to be kicking his own ass in the post-fight interview. Um, is what it is, more than likely. And, just, and right. just for context, right, this was his fourth fight in the UFC, and he delivered a legal knee. John Jones was in his ninth professional fight when he dropped the twelve to six elbow on uh, on Matt Hamill. So I mean, put yourself in context. He was What's that? Yeah, it was his tenth fight. It was his tenth professional fight. So I mean, there's a lot to learn for for um, for Greg Hardy in this matchup. But I just want to put in context that hey, he made a dumb mistake and he's gonna learn from it, and we're probably gonna see someone. Just I don't want to say rise up like a phoenix. That's not what I want to get at. But we're going to see somebody show up the next fight that he has, and he's probably going to knock out that dude. So, you know, God rest that soul of whoever they put in Greg Hardy's face because Greg Hardy's going to deliver unless they put him against, like, I don't know, a good takedown person. Because we definitely saw, like, the biggest hole in Greg Hardy's game was the fact that, one, he didn't know how to defend a takedown, and two, he does not know how to crawl up on the crate, crawl up a cage yet. And uh, those are two right. massive things that you're going to need to know, especially in the UFC. Especially in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Especially in the heavyweight. So let's move up. We're going to talk about this fight, and then we're, you know, I, I wanted to cover about the UFC title, but we can push that off till. You know, another show. Uh, let's go with Sohudo versus Dillashaw. So what we saw was probably the fastest championship fight, I want to say. like I And I say that only in the context of just me wanting to say that because uh, 25 seconds was the length of the fight. And Dillashaw came out crying, talking about how the fight was stopped at short. You know, and what we and he said, you know, I was going for a single leg, and then the ref stopped the fight. And other people have, have kind of agree with him. I didn't. 
Because what I saw I was, I saw a guy shoot a single leg and got stuffed, came back up, got hit a couple times, and dropped instantly. And once he dropped, like, that was it. Like, you you went limp. Your body went limp. You fell down, and you were you were getting tapped out. And that's what happened. Like, you, well, you, right. got, you got dropped. And as you were trying to battle for that single leg, you weren't defending yourself intelligently. And I, I agreed with the ref stoppage. Right. Well, that's the thing is the ref is there to protect the fighter. And I don't give a shit what T. Oh, it was cold early. Well, okay. Yeah. Because you think the refs are going to sit there and let you just get your face punched in to the point where you're done? Come on now. They're there to help you for when you, you, don't, you don't stop yourself. That's what they're there for. For when you don't think, oh, I should probably tap because I'm not punching. I'm not defending myself. Uh, I just, I, I don't think, I said this before. I don't think TJ knows how to lose. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, he's not a good loser. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he knows how to lose. It's if this makes sense. Um, I, I, we talked about it prior, uh, like with the Ronda Rousey thing about how I think her moving to WWE was better for her because she didn't know how to lose. If if you don't know how to lose, that's a problem. Right. It's a real big problem because you're never really going to be able to compete. In my in my opinion, you're never going to be be able to compete <laughs> your full potential. Because you're you don't know what it's like to have that win taken away. You don't know what it's like to not have the spotlight. And so I just think he's a shitty winner. And so I think he didn't know what it was like to get dropped. And I think he also thought that he was gonna outstrike Cejudo. And because because of with Cejudo's background, I thought he was gonna I think he thought he was going to just punch the shit out of him. And when it didn't happen, that also added to him being like, oh, it stopped early. It stopped early. No, you fucking lost, bro. Fucking sucks, but you I, fucking lost. Go ahead, Anthony. I agree with you. I really do. Um, I, he's just a bad loser. He doesn't know how to take it. Um, what I've seen in this was he was going after a single, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll take that, and I'll, and I'll give it to him. But he was getting stuffed as well. And as he's getting stuffed, after he he was after the the fight was called, he was struggling to stay off of his forearm, which tells us that he's dazed, which is he's trying to get on all fours and to to equal out everything. Um, crazy! It, it was just crazy for him to even say that uh, he should fight out back at one twenty five. He looks sickly. Yeah, actually, you know what's funny is we we've talked about this before where. Uh, like we don't understand, like we we understand what it's like to lose weight, right? But yeah. To, but to cut down to like one thirty five, and then you're like, oh well, I'm just gonna go down an extra ten pounds. Like we don't know what that does to to like uh, his body, right? Where like you're dehydrating the muscles, maybe you're de- you're not having as much fluids. Realistically, brain, and he might just- not even be knowing what it's doing to his body, or he don't give a shit what he's it's doing to his body. Right. He said it. He was like, I, I, I feel incredible. I've done this. I've done that. I've trained really hard for this fight, blah, 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 blah. But it was like, dude, like, wait a minute, though. Good. Like, we know, I, we know I how thought much it looked, hurts. I thought it looked bad. Like, if this makes sense for personal ass, like, just, I, I just, I thought every, all the media events I saw him in, I'm just like, God, why does it look like you're going to tell us you have some sort of terminal illness? And I don't mean that rudely, and, and I have family with terminal illness, so this isn't a pot shot at that. God bless you. Hopefully everything goes good. But he did. He looked very 
to me at least the, the with the media because maybe it's because his clothes were bigger or something because he's used to being 10 pounds 10 pound heavier but he didn't look he looked I don't know. He just looked like it wasn't that easy of a weight cut, at least, because he looked tired. Like, when you would see him doing events, he just looked like, yeah, he might have felt good, but he, in my opinion, I don't think he looked that that great at that weight. No, he looked real thin. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. He, he looked look really... Good. He just... He, it, was like, it was like, oh, nah, maybe you stay at, at the weight that you're at, buddy, because, you know, well, first off, you, you didn't win. So, uh, and then on top of it, like, I don't know. He just, it didn't look like it was very obvious that it was very obvious. That was not his, his natural weight class of fighting. Right. It was very obvious. That's not what he does. Um, because like, as much as people are like, Oh, you know, if you don't work on cardio, like, but the other thing is too, is if you work on cardio too much and shit, you can just like, your body will just shut off. And, I don't think that's the other thing that he thought about too is like, I'm going to try to keep going, keep going, keep going to lose all this weight. Oh, well you might've just pushed your body to the point where he didn't understand it either. And that's why you're mentally weren't there fogged up and look what happened. You got biffed. Yep. You know, Oh, I, I took a double. I was doing to take it. Did you, or were you thinking that's what you were doing, but you weren't mentally there because you were down too much weight. Right. That's definitely you what know, I was there, thinking. I, that's been my concern is like, uh, maybe you didn't realize that maybe you thought it and I'm, I'm, I'm congratulations that you have thoughts, but they're not reality. You no. know, like you got taken down. It sucks. I mean, the amount, what was it? It was like two separate times you saw Cejudo hit him and you watched the knees just go and no. And you watched TJ go down. It was like, no. I'm sorry, this was not this was not your fight. And then on top of it, I think the thing that, like we said before, with the whole sore, sore, sore loser thing, and then you had Dana being like, oh, early stoppage, early stoppage. It, it, it pisses me off that Dana allows those kind of people to stay that way. And I had that problem with Ronda, the whole lead up with the Holly Holm fight, and then she went to the man in Nunes. You turn nothing about a man in Nunes at all. And what did she do? She went... He does those fighters that don't know how to lose. It's those are the ones that Dana seems to put more stock in for some reason, and then he defends them when they're shit about the fact that they lost. And you're like, no, they fucking suck that time. It's okay. It's okay to lose. It's okay to suck sometimes. It's okay to get knocked out as long as you come back and knock the shit out of that person next time. Right. Yeah. No, that's, I agree. That's called learning. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. All right, guys. Well, that kind of sums up everything with uh, UFC 143. Anthony, why don't you give us uh, your link in love and then give us where we can find you. Alright, link in love. I have no link in love right now. I do know that uh, this take-in is going to uh, be putting on some shows here soon. Actually, give me a second here. Let me let me hop over to their Facebook. If you guys haven't had a chance, go to Miss Taken's page. Check out their band. Like it, share it, love it. Um, and they are on Spotify, they're on Google Play and uh, Apple, the Apple Store. Check it out. They have a few good songs out there that they're going there. One of my really good friends, Jade, she's the lead singer there. She's a badass. Um, they do have some bands coming up. They have band this Thursday. Looks like they have a the Battle of Bands out here in Lincoln. It's gonna be a good uh, a good show where fans about who who had a better play. Um, the Friday. After they're on February first, they're gonna be playing down there. 
So they have some good shows here in Lincoln. That if my Lincoln, all my Lincoln people here that listen to our podcast, get get your asses out to, to Mistaken and watch Jaden the band play. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at a Lujan one nine eight five. That's a L U J A N one nine eight five. Uh, my Snapchat, same thing, a Lujan one nine eight five. Instagram is Anthony Lujan one nine eight five, and you guys can find me on Facebook. Here we're gonna be getting ready to do Franken Culture. I'm probably gonna be hopping on there. Hopefully, not this weekend, but the weekend after, to talk about some great events happening in the in the world of professional wrestling. Woo! Oh yeah, Julie, tell them where they can find you. All right. Uh, if you jump on the Instagram, look up a little less Chewbacca. I'm on there uh, posting all about our uh, podcast as well as losing weight. If you need a little bit of motivation, come find me. We can motivate each other. Also, if you want me see, you want to find me on Twitter and we can talk shit to each other. Uh, a little less Chewbacca. L I L less Chewbacca. Come find me. I'll talk shit to you. We'll talk shit together. Yep, and as always, you guys can find me at cm underscore miller eighty five. That's on Snapchat, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, go ahead, uh, guys. Tell them your goodbyes. Bye, everybody. Twenty two, baby. Twenty two. <laughs> yep, as <laughs> always. And you guys, with that being said, good fight and good night.